Hi, Dr. Bahana. Is there anything topical that we could apply to a cavity that's visible? And if we're flossing that cavity, are we therefore spreading the bacteria around our mouth? Thanks. Let's take the first item on my list, dry mouth. Many of us have a dry mouth. 50, almost 50% of us have an issue of being able to breathe through our nose. So we're breathing through our mouths. We're not drinking enough or we're drinking a lot of diuretics. So we are dehydrated and we are breathing through our mouths. And this creates a dry scenario or condition in the mouth. And when things are dry or there's a lack of saliva, which is a buffer, in other words, it maintains the pH of the mouth, the oral microbiome is upset. And again, I mentioned that the oral microbiome was very important, not only just for, for fighting infections in the mouth, but also to help remineralize teeth. So if you have a dry mouth or if you're sleeping with your mouth open at night, try mouth taping. You know, if you're a triathlete and constantly dehydrated, think about remineralizing your water, add minerals to your water and staying hydrated. And also, we drink a lot of diuretics in our society. Tea, I'm guilty of that. I love my iced teas. Uh, coffee is a big diuretic. Alcohol, a lot of our beverages are, are beverages other than water. And consider that as a potential for not producing enough saliva. So without saliva, and of course, that's aggravated by a dry mouth, we are setting up a condition where the equilibrium between demen and remen of teeth, demineralization, remineralization of teeth is more weighted towards the demineralization side. So that's number one. Number two, diet. If you're eating crackers, pretzels, anything processed, breakfast cereals, perfect example. It's not necessarily the sugar in the breakfast cereal. It's the fact that it's so processed. When these foods come into contact with the bacteria in your mouth, they go to town. They can't believe how great of a meal this is for them because they don't have to spend a lot of time breaking it down. They consume more and they excrete a lot of acid. So again, you're changing the pH in your mouth. You are allowing certain bugs, again, back to the oral microbiome to become dominant. These are the bugs that love this kind of meal, but they're also the ones that cause cavities. So again, what you eat is very important. There are several good resources on this. Dr. Stephen Lin, colleague of mine, wrote a great book called The Dental Diet. On our website, askthedentist.com, we've written lots of blog posts on what to eat. What is the diet that causes cavities, that helps upset this equilibrium, and what is the diet that helps establish a good healthy equilibrium where your teeth are remineralizing quicker than they are demineralizing? And that typically, short answer there, is the paleo diet. So that's number two. Number three, oral hygiene. Yes, oral hygiene is still important, even though it's number three, but how often we do oral hygiene and how we manage it. And this is important because it's not removing and sterilizing and disinfecting the mouth of bacteria. It is allowing the oral microbiome to reorganize and to recover after a dry mouth or a low pH event. And it's also allowing the biofilm to have its optimal thickness or, or density. And again, if you are eating a Western diet and a lot of processed foods, your your biofilm or plaque layers will be very thick. And that does alter the tooth's ability, saliva, the microbiome, the bacteria in the saliva. It does alter the ability of the tooth to demineralize. And we think it's mostly, dentists think it's mostly because if the biofilm is too thick, then the ingredients, again, saliva helps 
promote or build the biofilm. It brings the building blocks for biofilm formation, but it also brings in calcium and phosphates and boron and and calcium, all, all these important minerals, many other minerals to the table. And if it's not there and it's not able to get through that biofilm to the tooth surface where the remineralization process is occurring, then you're going to get a cavity. The cavity will continue to grow. So oral hygiene is really a disorganization or a thinning of the biofilm or plaque layer. And if you had a perfect diet, we probably wouldn't be concerned with brushing and flossing as much as we do today. And that, again, and I'm not shaming anyone. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of eating snacks as well and, you know, the occasional cookie or, or something or, or, or cracker. I mean, I, I love crackers. Uh, those all are processed foods and they do thicken the biofilm. So, so don't feel bad, but remember, that's the real reason we're brushing and flossing. So that's biofilm management. That's key. So if in that area, you really want to make sure you're flossing a lot. I'm going to get back to your question about flossing. By removing that thick biofilm, you're allowing the building blocks that are present in saliva to get to that area to help rebuild the area. And let me just add one more thing. If you're using an efficacious toothpaste like hydroxyapatite, Boca is my favorite. Risewell also makes something. You don't need fluoride, although fluoride topically does work. But fluoride and the hydroxyapatite, these are the active ingredients in some toothpaste. If you're not flossing and brushing and thinning that biofilm, these products will never, once they get into the saliva, will never get to the area where it's needed. So again, brushing your teeth, flossing, it is important. Maybe you've learned something different here. It's, it's a slightly different perspective and it's a little lower down on the list, but it is important. And the last thing is genetics. You know, that's a tough one. I don't want anyone to feel bad, but there are things, especially in the way teeth form, the density of the hydroxyapatite mineral. Also, when our teeth form, they form inside the jawbone underneath the gums and the enamel organ, which is this pulp tissue that helps the tooth form. You know, these lobes of enamel and, and the, the, this calcification process, they're lobes of calcium that join. And when they join, some people get very deep grooves, what we call invaginated grooves, and some people don't. They, their grooves fuse very early on and they don't have this deep invagination where once you get some bacteria down there, you're going to get a cavity. So that's the one of the genetic components of it. And when some people think, oh, I'm prone to getting cavities, I wouldn't fall back on that because the other three are really the, the dry mouth, the diet, neural hygiene are so important that even if you have genetics that predisposes you to decay, I wouldn't worry about it as much because it's not a big player. So anyway, I hope that makes everyone feel a little bit better. Anyway, so what I'm trying to say here is that because of our environment, because of epigenetics, because of what we put in our mouth, because of the issue of mouth breathing, and I don't want to get into what causes that, but that's another epigenetic component related to oral health and facial development. But all of these factors and using the wrong toothpaste, I didn't mention that, or using the correct toothpaste, I did mention that. But if you're using the wrong toothpaste, you're altering the micro oral microbiome. That is detrimental to this equilibrium of remineralization, demineralization. I don't want to go there either because that's another long topic. But make sure you're using a toothpaste that is efficacious, that doesn't have a lot of surfactants and emulsifiers in it. If the marketing 
on the side of the toothpaste box is telling you that it's going to disinfect your mouth, stay away. That's not what you want to do. If you're trying to take down and sterilize your mouth and disinfect your mouth and kill the bacteria in your mouth, that's going to take down your oral microbiome and you need that oral microbiome. You need that oral microbiome to help you remineralize your teeth. And that's not the only reason you need the oral microbiome. Okay, so in review, I've probably already made this too complicated, but I'm, I'm hoping you're still with me. Charlotte, first of all, make sure you're working with a dentist. This is important. Uh, the dentist can really help you. He has to monitor this small lesion and see if it is reversing. And again, if it's getting bigger, might as well get to it before it gets too big. So make sure you're working with a dentist. I didn't hear that in your question. But here, here are the things you want to do. You want to address dry mouth. If there's any chance you have a dry mouth or your mouth is falling open at night, there's a simple solution that is mouth taping. Go to our website. You'll see lots of information about mouth taping. It's safe. And other than helping you breathe and sleep better and actually being a differential diagnosis for some other more serious conditions like sleep apnea, it keeps your mouth closed. It keeps the pH in your mouth more stable. Your mouth is less likely to dry up. So do that. Be careful what you eat. And, you know, I mentioned some things that maybe you weren't aware of that cause decay. So if it comes in a bag, like a pretzel, even if it's healthy or organic or whole wheat flour, be careful. That is a cavity-inducing food. That's how I got my first big cavity. I was eating a piece of puffed rice. I thought it was a very healthy uh, product. It was purchased in a health food store, and that literally gave me a cavity. So so be aware of that. Really scrutinize your your diet and do some research on that. Again, the paleo diet works very, very well in, in helping you remineralize your teeth. Oral hygiene. We talked about that. Here's the quick go-to advice on that. Use Boca toothpaste. Use it three times a day. Floss first so that the Boca, the active ingredient, the hydroxyapatite, can get to the lesion. There may be a lot of buildup in between there, and if you're not flossing first, then all the good ingredients in that toothpaste will not get to that lesion and and remineralize it. And then genetics, I wouldn't worry about that. I really wouldn't worry about that. I don't think it's a big factor. If you're on the other three topics on the list, then then you'll be fine. So one last thing I want to add, xylitol. Again, there's a synthetic version of xylitol and there's a natural version of the xylitol. Try and look for that. It's usually from birch bark. But xylitol is an interesting, it's a wood sugar it suppresses the bugs that cause cavities. It doesn't kill them, which is great. You don't want to kill things in the mouth because typically when you add like an essential oil or or something stronger, I mean, toothpaste manufacturers add pesticides and, and all sorts of ingredients, soaps, detergents to help on a broad scale kill a lot of these bacteria, which doesn't really work because they come back in 20, 30 minutes. But what xylitol does and it's a natural product if you if you can get that version of it, it alters the ability of this bug to adhere to the biofilm. So you're selectively just picking on this bug and saying, listen, you're not part of the party here. We're going to put you over here. And, and that's a wonderful thing. So I'm a big fan of xylitol in toothpaste. So try that. And I'm hoping that all of this advice helps. Again, get it verified by a dentist and, and don't assume that it's going away. And your last question, which is important, the floss. Does that spread the disease, the disease of decay, which is the number one disease in the world right now and has been for a long time, ever since we started processing our foods? Floss does not spread any disease, especially when it comes to decay. So I wouldn't worry about that. 
you need to floss. And the more you floss, especially before brushing, the better off your results are going to be. And by flossing, you're not taking these specific bacteria and dislocating them and putting them, transporting them to another spot on the tooth where they'll start burrowing and making another cavity. That's not how it works. So I wouldn't worry about that. Keep flossing and you should be fine. So I hope that answers your question. I probably went on a little too long about it, explained about a lot of other things that are related to remineralization. But remember, this is something that's going on in your mouth all the time. And there's not much you can do about it except to help it along. And remember, you want to stay on the side of remineralization longer than you do demineralization. So I hope these, these little tips helped and will keep you on the right side of the tracks. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.